This is Tatiana King-Jones, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Colorful Lives, presented by State Farm. This week, we talk about the importance of investing in yourself and building your skill set. Angela, Fran, and myself talk about the lack of diversity in technology and the ways in which the complexion of Silicon Valley is finally beginning to change. We also break down how you can use technology to get ahead in business, and I talk about my personal story of how tech changed my life. I mean, I guess we have to give in to the digital age at some point because I'm, I'm just like, oh, I can't imagine being on Tinder or dating digitally like that. But if somebody but hits it's you what up, it is. I'm scared of places like Tinder. Personal. I mean, not that I need to be on there anyway, right. but I'm scared of things <laughs> like that because that reminds me of the old websites that used to rate people like, yeah. you oh. know, like hot or not. <laughs> well, that's what like Facebook that. was that? at first. Facebook was like that right. too. In the beginning. Oh my God. Remember they had that website, don'tdateamgirl.com? <laughs> Does anybody remember that site? <laughs> I do remember that. Oh my and gosh. For all this crazy, listen. I knew some people that was on <laughs> But see, that's the other extreme my I'm ex- talking about. <laughs> your ex Girl, your ex? No, no. no I won't say who he is, but he was. No. <laughs> wow. Oh, damn, fam. I know. He's like, fam. That website was her hilarious listen Damn. but I mean it's a digital age you know I'm trying I'm still yeah. getting used to it like I said I just signed up for Fresh Direct to start getting my groceries yes. this week listen I don't use them all Whole Foods Fresh Direct Peapod I use everything <laughs> I get my groceries delivered Amazon Prime <laughs> I am delivered <laughs> I do I'm not gonna lie I do so much stuff I, sh- I barely go shopping now I do everything online that's true unless it's like clothes I, I, I'm, I'm not going nowhere <laughs> but it must be amazing for you being that you're in the tech space to have such a focus on technology what right would you now. say are some of the things that have made life way more convenient for you now um, that you would recommend that maybe me and Fran aren't doing right that we're not up on let's see I would say anything made by Google no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, really I would say Anything that helps you keep track of what's going on with your life. Honestly, something, and, and, and I know everyone wants me to say some weird app that's out. Mm-mm. Calendar. A calendar. I use calendar all the time. Calendar. Mm-hmm. Evernote. Things like that that help you keep track of what you're doing and what you need. Like, you know how you're walking by, you're like, oh, I need to remind myself of that. Being able to type something in or in the case of, like, if you have a smart pen, writing something in and then it syncing with your calendar and syncing with your address book that is that yeah, is so clutch I hate schedules so that's probably <laughs> I, and it's good for like my you know whoever works with me like you know my day to day manager for us to sync up our calendars so I know what's going right. on right oh true right true. I'm, if, if people I tell people all the time okay yeah like if we'll decide to do something together great send me a meeting invite and yep. it, sound, it sounds like those. old right. now. Like, like you sound like an old woman. But no, send me a beating invite because <laughs> if I don't have it, I don't remember. Right. Especially with all the stuff we usually There's have too much going, stuff going on. on. Yeah. So so definitely just a, a productivity app. So things like, again, I said Evernote. I said calendars. Making sure that everything syncs together. Um, really... And again, and I said that as a joke, but I'm kind of serious. Anything made by Google really is just <laughs> very good. Right. I mean, I'm still kind of getting into the tech space. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I'm on YouTube, so that's one way to be in it yeah but as far as like all these apps and all these things it's like so i'm even though i'm technically a millennial but i still think yeah. there's a separation like there's the yes. youngins that all they know is social media so like i remember like they what, can make a whole movie right <laughs> and they just feel like i remember we got into this conversation on our podcast with with kalani when she was like being so open about her mental health and things mm-hmm. and a lot of people felt like oh you guys share too much and even at first, I was like, yeah, that is sharing too much. But then I thought about it. I was like, she's no, young, girl. though. That's exactly their generation. Right. That's, what that's all they to. know. Exactly. You know, for me, I was already like 16, 17 when the internet started 
kind of popping off with AOL chat rooms. Yeah. <laughs> so, See, now you ooh. aging us. Everyone's like, Lord, she was on I'm not going to lie. I'm glad that I missed that whole era of sending out naked pictures. Right. Like, that I'm was glad. You know, I was I already old enough. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> like, I, sometimes I'm embarrassed to say that I was up in the AOL chat room, but it's like, that's where it started. <laughs> it was popping. <laughs> That's why I'm a G now because right. I started up in the wild, wild west and now we're here. See, right. I never got into chat rooms or anything. Twitter's a chat room? Yeah, that is. It now. is. A, Remember, they, what was the other thing they had? The um tiny the tiny chat. Tiny chat. With Remember the, oh, oh, tiny yeah. chat. I never got into that. I never got into that. Because <laughs> I didn't want to be looking at you. You're still a stranger. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, the, the best apps nowadays, like just besides the, the normal productivity stuff, is Twitter. Right. Because it is—is is that your? Would you say of all the out of apps, Twitter, that's your Instagram, favorite? Snapchat, Twitter. right? Twitter, and and I, I understand like for creatives that are like photographers, maybe Instagram is better for you, but. Twitter is where it's at, particularly because that is the business right there. That is your that's connection. True. That's your networking that you talked about earlier, Angela. Like, that is how you can connect with so many different people. Because you get retweeted. You don't know whose timeline you're going to retweeted on. Yeah, And it true. is really great, like, for our morning show, for The Breakfast Club. We do a lot of stuff on Twitter during the show. People get to weigh in. If you couldn't call in, if you yes. want to make a comment, if you, wanna, if you have some inside information on something, people send me stuff all the time. See, it's great for instant feedback. I, I actually got on Fanbro Show because of Twitter. Oh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like when people were looking, well, not people, but so DJ, shoot your shot for That's business. You gotta too. shoot your shot. <laughs> get she, your wife, she your got husband, a, she got a husband and a job. All hello. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That's why you better get on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> so when I think about that, I was just like, you know, like the thinking emoji. Like, wait a minute, right? That's Ta- true. That changed your life. It changed my life. <laughs> but it, it could change anybody, and it doesn't even matter and what that's industry you're in. Yeah, because the same for me. I started, like I said, on Tumblr. It was just my my health posts circulating. It yes. ended up creating right. HeyFrame.com, yes. which is totally not what I was. My I was a recording artist for years. I just Girl, happened you to was get recording artist. Yeah, I was. You was in a country. No, <laughs> imagine. No, <laughs> so you rec- stopped all that. Well, yeah, because I got sick. Oh, so okay. I, you know, oh. it was impossible to be going to the studio when you're on Vicodin and Percocet. Even though some artists do it. Yeah, but. I was gonna say. I know some artists who do that. <laughs> right, some artists do it, but I couldn't hang. You know, I'm already too chill. That just made me like. Pfft. Extra chill. <laughs> Extra too chill. much. Yeah, so it just didn't work out. And at the time, I thought it was like the worst time of my life. Like my career, my dream, everything's over. But I gave into this new calling, which is what I think is another important thing when you're young and still figuring out what your passion is. Don't be afraid if something doesn't work out to let that vision go. And you don't even have to let it go. You might be able to come back to it later mm, at true. a different time. But for me, I'm glad that I was open enough to be like, okay, the artist thing might not pan out right now. But this new digital influencer, which at the time, who even knew what that was? But it started rolling out. And now, you know, like you said, with the natural hair and being one of the pioneers of it, like we ended up changing the game with the natural hair. Now everyone has curls. Right. And I was (laughs) I was actually at the um, International Hair and Beauty Show. Oh, yeah. And they were talking about how it is really difficult now for a lot of hairstylists, because if you don't specialize in natural hair, that's really what everybody wants right now. Yes. I, I actually was so funny you say that because I did the, the international beauty show like maybe three or four years ago. And during my panel, this hairstylist totally banged on me. Really? She, she got up and I'm thinking, you know, wow. I, I picked her because she had her hand up. I'm thinking she's going to ask me a question. And she went off. She was like, because of you YouTubers, you ruined it. You're taking food from my child's mouth. And How I was But that? why blame you though? I was devastated because I was like, what? No, no, I'm not going to lie. There was a big difference because on one of the panels that I hosted, it was a lot of people that are more traditional, older, 
And then there was the younger, like, okay, I'm on YouTube. I'm very active on social media. Right. And there's definitely a huge disparity between the two. Right. And you Mm. can really, like, on that panel, I really could see the difference between, like, people who don't really use social media and they're a lot more traditional and old school and not really wanting to embrace. Right. But see, stuff like that, stuff like that makes me mad when people get mad at you as Mm -hmm. if you're the harbinger of their death. Like, that's not like that. Yeah, I felt awful, especially when she said you're taking food from my kids. But that's that's why it's important for people, if you can't do it, hire somebody or get somebody on your team that is going to be in charge of that because it is important right now for bringing in new business. And that's what I told her. keep it young and keep it fresh. And I said to her, I was like, I can totally understand how you might think that we've kind of infiltrated your industry because we're teaching people to not have to go to the salon. I was like, so I totally get your anger. I was like, but I think what would make most sense if you have a salon partner up with a YouTuber. Right. That's what I was going to say. If we're the new wave of media, then use us to your advantage instead of being angry at us. Make money off of us. We partner up with people all the time. Yes. And I think that's a thing. Go with the flow. You know what I mean? The DNA of the internet is to be disruptive. Period. Like, right. whatever you do. Right. No matter what. So, if anything, you have to learn to pivot. Right. You got to learn, okay, just like you said, okay. And be adaptable okay. to all the changes. I have no idea how to use a camera or make a YouTube video, but I know, hey, friend, hey. Right. She lives She lives in an apartment below me. Yeah, and she already has like, a following, so. Put me on your joint. Like, I was that. And I'll I, do your hair for free. Exactly. Like, something. Exactly. You just have to learn how to, you have to get with it. And I understand that when people are in different age groups or different uh, eras, that they're not, they're kind of, I don't know, they're standoffish about that. Right. I yeah. get that. They're that, wary of it. They don't understand right. it. They're not comfortable with it. It's right. a little scary. Just like I am with Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> but but as we like, as I think the pattern that keeps coming up is you gotta get past that boo like and you gotta it, I'm not gonna lie everything. the Breakfast Club would have never been as successful as it was without YouTube YouTube without social media right. without all you. of that yeah. right. because a lot of stuff that we did the reason why we were able to get syndicated the reason why people knew us was because our interviews went so viral right mm-hmm. and if they wouldn't have gone we, even if you don't have money and I tell people this all the time people oh I don't have money to promote myself a new artist for anybody that's trying to do something the internet is there for you Absolutely. You know, and it doesn't cost you anything, really, yeah. or very minimal cost. Or go to the library and get it for free. And you never know what's <laughs> going to go viral. You just, you never know. Go to the library, get it for free. Sit outside of Starbucks, it's all free. Like, <laughs> it's like, like, like I understand, like, you, when you don't have the means, like, you just don't have the equipment, the technology, whatever. But right now, we're in an age where it's too much intersection where you can't, you know, borrow somebody If phone you really at want this it, point. you can get it. You can get it. If you, you really it. want it, you can get it. Like, even when we interviewed um, the guys who started Money and Violence. He didn't know how to do any type of photo, nothing. Like and he that's di- okay. He didn't know how to do anything. Yeah. He didn't know how. He l- taught himself how to use the camera, taught himself how to edit the video, taught himself how to do all that, that Final me. Cut Pro. Yeah. Teach yourself. You can go online. There's a YouTube video that can teach you how to do Listen, I, free. I have never in my life uh, used a camera. <laughs> Not no DS, like, come right, on. Right, the DSLR, like. DLSR is a You go DSLR. right on YouTube and there's yeah. an instructional video. That's exactly what I did. That can show you how to do I anything. went on YouTube and I watched hours and hours and hours of tutorials. Then I ordered the Final Cut Pro 10, which was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a tech person, which I'm not. I was like, what it's is a, this? It's daunting. Yes. So daunting. But I literally picked three days straight and I was like, I'm going to sit here mm-hmm. and watch all kinds of tutorials mm-hmm. until I figured it out. And right. now I'm completely self-sufficient. I can edit. I can shoot. I can do whatever. I color correct. Like you name it. And it's so cool because I never in a million years thought that I would need that skill set. But it's been so helpful. Anything girl. you want to learn how to do. If you want to learn how to do your hair, you want right. to learn how to do your makeup. Yes. Anything. If you want to learn how to do Final Cut Pro, you can right. learn that from watching YouTube. If you want to learn how to install some shell, there is nothing it's true. that and, you cannot And one thing learn I think is important as creatives is using a barter system, not being afraid. Like, I know 
I can't do graphics like for mm-hmm. posters and stuff. So I would tell uh, someone else like, listen, I can do this. I'll do this for you for free if you do this for me and kind of barter off of each other. And that, and works that helps too. Yeah. Me and Chesca used to do that all the time. She was like, girl, you know, you can do my hair and I'll do a poster for you. Yeah, you was like, <laughs> okay. Deal. Okay, while I'm doing your hair, you can work on a poster. <laughs> like, Don't be afraid as creatives to help each other. Collaboration to me has been a really important part. And I think people get scared to collaborate because you all feel like, you know, you're fighting for certain spots for attention. But you got to really work together. I think it's something that I've found to be really helpful for me. And I will say another thing. Don't be afraid as women for us to want to come together yes, and collaborate. Yes. On these yes. I feel like a lot of times people try to pit women against each other. Like of course. There's only Everything's a competition. One spot. and Could be only know. one female rapper. It could only be one. Like, this isn't Highlander. You right. can get past it. Yeah, and it's the beauty of what brought us together even for this podcast because we have different We're all in the same network. Right. right. And, but we were able to come together and put together this colorful right. podcast, which is really awesome because we have different stories. Yes. We come together to give advice to those who are hoping to kind of come up under the same way that we did. Right. And these are all just obviously from our own experiences. Right. Obviously, we all have like a very unique way of how we got into what it is that we got into. Right. But I think the common thing is hard work. Right. Hard work and not hard being work. afraid to put yourself out there. Right. <laughs> and Which we're all still learning. Brian is still learning. <laughs> you literally took the words out of my mouth. Which I am still doing, but you can see like the beauty of it is I'm figuring it out as I go and you you can see through me that it's working. So it can give you that same feeling right. like, okay. Well, follow me this. on Instagram. Watch, you're going to see her out a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what's also important? <laughs> you know what's also important? Understanding your lanes. Like, and I say lanes because the lanes have will many. change. Oh, you, have, you have many. So everyone to stay in your lane. No, no, no. There's many. Right. But, but recognize where you have the most impact and shed stuff that doesn't have any impact for you. Because right now, that's not what you need to be doing right now. Because right. as you said, you may pivot later and come into something else that you thought you would never go back to. And not being afraid to try new lanes too because yes. podcasting if someone had said to me a year ago that I'd have a podcast I'd be like no <laughs> no thanks you know it's I'm, scary, I'm but still I shocked I'm, I, I, like we've been talking about it I'm still shocked you had no background no in radio experience. or nothing yeah, and you know amazing. what one of the best moments for me was this guy had called the um, the show when when I was on at Sirius and he was like she sucks who's that girl she's terrible <laughs> of course oh my and always. then two months later he was like you know I had called when you first started <laughs> and said that you suck but I really like you now <laughs> and, and, and that's what pisses me off it's like you want to talk about me and then two months later oh you love me but I think that's great because I really did suck <laughs> that's good. It's, I can't be mad. I really did suck. Right. Criticism. But constructive it, criticism is good. But. And know the difference between constructive criticism and people who just want to hate on yes. you. Yes. And that's important. There's a too. big difference between people yes. who are trying to help you out and say, hey, you know, I really like you, but I was just thinking this. And somebody who's like, bitch, you whack. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's that a huge true. difference between that. It's very true. And, and people who do that are just people who are not happy with their own lives. I've never felt the urge to do that. You I know don't what? understand I always that. think about that like people who log on to accounts whether it's on websites or YouTube or whatever those forums and they want and it's like you, you took the you time could, yeah don't log on to talk about me like I've never felt the away. urge to ever go and like try to downgrade I've never felt the urge to do that ever right like, unless somebody said, comes at you first let me go on. but yeah, yeah I might respond right but, I, <laughs> but I've never ever felt like okay let me and you know what sometimes I want to respond and I just don't And I actually just, that's a good question everybody. I'm curious especially because you're more in the entertainment side of it and you sometimes call people out for things if they say something to you do you respond or do you kind of stay away from it just depends 
on what it is and the level of if somebody is just really disrespectful I can't respond to that right I just so you don't you. even <laughs> right you hate me so much then don't follow me and don't write to me but how do you deal because you know when people get involved like and, and retweeting and commenting and jumping in I know your social media mentions must be I just on fire ign- yes, I honestly girl. am so great at ignoring my skin do you just is turn it off so I don't turn it off but it doesn't really bother me that much because at the end of the day I feel like as long as you know yourself and know who you are you'll be okay like I know I'm not a messed up person mm-hmm. I know I work hard I know I'm gonna be successful I know I've already had certain levels of success and there's a lot more things that I want to do and a lot more things that I am doing that people might not know about right and that's what makes me very content like I told you guys before <laughs> we're opening this juice bar in Brooklyn and that's exciting for me and that's gonna yeah. be helpful to the community so if somebody wants to go online and talk shit about me it doesn't bother me because mm-hmm. I feel like well guess what I'm about to do and you're I'm contributing. about to do something that's gonna help people get healthier right. get better educate people I bought two houses in Detroit which hey. in the process of rehabbing I feel great about the things that I've been doing that I never grew up knowing how to do that I taught myself so regardless of what it is that I do if it's radio if I never did that again I know that there's other things that I'm so capable of doing I know that like me being in the spotlight and being I've never wanted to be the type of person that's been on the blogs like you don't see me out there like Angela's on media takeout Angela's on box <laughs> right. she's dating I've never ever have sent people send stuff about themselves right to I blogs. can't deal you can tell I cannot <laughs> I have never in my life done it if anything I try to just lay low that's do my job yeah. right go to work do what I gotta do now obviously part of my job is me talking about other people but I don't feel like I'm a negative person right at all period like sometimes yes we make little jokes here and there but I never ever try I know how difficult it is when people talk about you and talk crazy about you right mm-hmm. so I never I never try to do mm. things like that purposely that'll be hurtful to somebody right and I, so true. I think it's really important just to know yourself and know who you are and therefore when no matter what anybody else says the only thing that bothers me is that I don't want my parents to see stuff you know what? they get so mad oh my god that's so true because yeah. for me I think the hardest part I'm still learning to get that tough skin because for me like you know I'm this hippie like peace and love person right. so when like, I what did out, I do to you yeah when I first came out I thought I was gonna be good I was like no one's gonna have anything to say about me but listen people really people. find something right. and I've been just like talked about so crazy and you know I'm still getting used to dealing with that yes. but you, like you said the hardest part like my mom was telling me the other day that she was googling me and I was like no don't do that <laughs> I, tell my, I said don't google me I was me. like mom do not Please, like, just I stay don't google away me. Well, don't you, even well, do you it. know the beauty of being someone in tech I know how to control what you see <gasps> when you google okay, yourself can you put that bad yeah. stuff all the way at the end on so, page you know, 82 we're gonna have to talk page to 82 the, the page ain't gonna get to you <laughs> might see stuff but, but, but it all comes down a lot of things it comes down to what do you put out there? The Honestly, the only thing that's on the internet is what you put out there. There's right. some stuff that's involuntary because you live in America. There's stuff right. that just gets no, out. I feel like people say stuff about me all the time and I what? really can't. Right. I mean, it's, you it's, can't help it. You can't right. help it. And, and like you said, someone will find something wrong yeah, with And that's you. been the biggest lesson for me. No matter what. And you know what? And I have to admit, when I first came out, I was very edited as a person mm-hmm. because, I'm, you know, I'm a control freak. So I was like, I'm going to come out and be not Martha Stewart perfect because even she went to jail. But yeah. I mean, it was like <laughs> that perfect. <laughs> I still was like, I'm going to be very clean to the point. It's going to be about my content. And that's that. But I started feel like when people were still attacking and finding things, I was like, "What yeah. was the point of me right. editing? Let me just be myself, show my personality. If, if you're you gonna like me, you like me. And listen, don't, don't. I'm gonna be honest with you. There is nothing that you'll achieve that's great with being safe. You know what? Ooh, that girl, yes. to me has been the biggest lesson because I was totally playing it safe on you. If YouTube. you care about everybody liking you, nobody that everybody likes you'll is never ever be happy. Be. If you look at people like that, you admire. 
Is there anybody that you admire that you can say everyone loves them? No. It's impossible. Go it's in. not possible. No. So go ahead and be you. And if 20% of people hate you and 80% of people love you, guess what? As 100% you did a of great people, job. Guess what? As 100% of people paying attention to you. Right. Period. And you still got paid. And you still got paid. I'm, like my favorite line, I'm going to get this money regardless. Right. <laughs> regardless. It is what it is. No, the digital space is scary, but it's also amazing. And you never. It, there's no ceiling. That's the beauty of it. You have no idea where your career is going to evolve to every week I'm hearing a new position opening a new brand a yeah. new collaboration I'm like oh wow I didn't even know that was possible you know so I think that's the most exciting I'm not part. gonna lie I was just at a meeting at Google and they were really talking about how they very desperately want to reach out to people of color mm. and to women of color in particular <laughs> that's beautiful no I'm not They. that's the reason why they had that meeting to let them know that there's these positions available how do we recruit people and that's so go to the colleges go to and where black been, people and are they've been doing things at HBCUs yes. and they've been doing all kinds of programs but I don't know that everybody knows about it and that's true and and, and that's what it comes to is it comes to additional engagement it comes to more communication and being where the people are right like you said if you're going to do the HBCU tour really go to the HBCU tour don't pick one HBCU like um, much as I love Howard don't pick just Howard like because that's what the one you heard you got to yeah. go everywhere there's so many schools that they dedicate like whole programs from the time people come out of high school or right the last year of high school to really go hard with engineering. Howard's really? one of them. Howard's so one of them. Cool. I, I When I came to Howard, I was a computer science major. I graduated with a marketing degree, but I was a computer science major. And that was a very strict program. Mm-hmm. And my thing is they, they really... They really train you and get you ready and prepared. And then unless the opportunities or the people are there to kind of say like, okay, here's this open door for you. You don't get scooped up. Right. You right. don't. No, that's a good point. Yeah. And I, I'm, well, okay, so did you guys go to HBC? No, uh, no HBC. I went to Wesleyan. You went to Wesleyan. You went to Oberlin. I went to Oberlin. She went to Howard. Right. So I'm was not, Wesleyan. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I just was watching a couple of movies. First of all, Wesleyan is always like featured in some movie about being politically correct. Like yeah. it was PCU, and then you I guys just were like the Uber hippies. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> and then I just watched a movie on the plane the other day when I was on my way to um, Punta Cana. Hey, what was the name of that movie? It was called um, How to How to Be Single or something like that. I was gonna say How to Get Away with Murder. Oops. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like How to Be Single. First of all, I cry all the time during movies, even if they're not sad. I don't know what's my problem. <laughs> I cry during oh How to Be Single yes that's the movie oh, okay. I cry during How to Be Single that's a funny movie <laughs> oh, I don't girl. cry in real life but a movie and then I watch some other movie The Choice that's the only time I watch movies is when I'm on the plane on the plane same yes. here I'm always watching movie uh, music documentaries that's my weakness oh man I like just watched like the Amy oh, oh yeah, girl the Amy on the one I was crying the guy next to me was like you okay I know, I <laughs> that's crying. the worst when you're watching a movie on the plane and you start crying and it's, you're like Ugh. it's worse when it's your friends I was on a plane yes going to Dubai and my friends like you crying like why are you why are you in my space me and DJ Envy watch Creed on the plane and we were going to um, San Francisco and he was crying. See? No. It's like, but don't, but you ain't got to put me out there. I was like, like, like I was up my seat. I was like, see? <laughs> see? It's something about friends wanting to put you out there. What you, what you doing? Like, yo, let me, let me it's see. It's the most embarrassing thing when you cry during a movie. I can't help it. That, that was me that watching. touched me. Just last week I was watching and I don't even listen to Janis Joplin's music. <laughs> but you cry. But her documentary is 
Stop what he said. I was crying, and then the guy next to me was like, this girl don't even listen to but, Janice But see, but see that, that makes me think, like, just in general, just showing emotions. Like, people be looking at you like you crazy. Like, I know you're not what, crying. what you crying for? But, I, but you do look a little crazy you look, on the plane. You're on a plane watching a movie. I, I, if, if, the, if the title says, Amy Winehouse died alone, of course you're going to be crying. That would like, mess me next up. Next time you're on a plane up. and somebody says you crying, be like, I'm on my period. <laughs> I'm really sensitive. <laughs> that time, right? <laughs> they won't say anything else. <laughs> I don't know that. But going back to the Wesleyan, what made you pick Wesleyan? Um, my brother's best friend went there and he loved it. Like my he was there at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it was between Syracuse and Wesleyan and UPenn. Oh, that's so weird. Oh, we wow. literally looked at the same school. Now the reason UPenn was rough for me was because um I went to go visit the campus. Is that I always, the party school? Oh, used to be? No, not Penn no. State. Not Penn State, like, oh, okay. UPenn. And they robbed the store, the liquor store, while I was in okay. there. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah. I don't know if I want to go here. <laughs> yeah, that's not Penn State. Yeah, no. Ooh, child, no. Well, did you ever feel the pressure to go to HBCU, or was that not an option? No, I'm going to tell you why. Because I went to private school. Like, I graduated from Poly Prep in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I know Poly Prep. Because <laughs> so, I ran track. So oh, I was, you did? I ran track, <laughs> too. And you know we always went to Poly Prep. I did the Prep. long jump, the triple jump, and the high jump. Y'all, I did, too, the high jump. <laughs> y'all had the nice track. Yeah, our school was popping. It was very beautiful. That school was beautiful. But, you know, so I think from there, I, and I was, like I told you before, I was in that program, Prep for Prep, that really mm-hmm. helps kids, like, in urban areas Yeah, go uh, to private school and they prepare you for college and for private school and all of that. So I think in my head, I don't, I don't think anybody from Poly went to an HBCU. Right. I didn't even know that much about it, honestly. Do you think it was, like, a particular reason or is it because, because you guys Because I went to a school with all white people. Ah, uh, okay. Same here. That's why. <laughs> Well, that's really why I went to public school my whole life and the last the high school I was in it was eh, it was mostly white but it was kind of mixed too but I don't know maybe because I was part of the African American club no Polly was, <laughs> right. that's was why I was kind of you. it was not even kind of mixed it was like oh like straight up it was like 10 black people yeah and I knew, uh, and I knew all 10 <laughs> right wait so what made you pick an yeah. HBCU my, my, my journey was very uneventful actually like I, it was one of my choices of many like but I wasn't like yo I didn't know the history of Howard like my, my mm-hmm. family I was the first to really go to a four year college my sister had went to a two year at, at the time but I was the first so no one knew anything Didn't nobody know anything about Greek life or any of that other stuff right. so there was nobody to base it uh, a decision off of they were just like look if you get in you get in that's dope right. and, and but they was pushing for that so Howard, I did my research. I said, okay, this is a good school. school. It's a great school. I kid you not. I had filled out all my information, put the little application I had in my locker. Forgot it was there. Never even put it in. Like I you didn't did, even apply. The, right. The way they the way they did it in my school was you would bring all your materials to your guidance counselor. Your guidance counselor would just look it over right. to make sure it was straight and then mail it out for you. And for whatever reason, I didn't. And of course, this was around like when we was going on break or something. So. At the time, they would be cleaning out people's lockers. They say, "Yo, you need to clean out your locker because they don't want anything over this time." And they clean out mine, and they found all this stuff. And they sent it in. <laughs> My guidance counselor saw it was like because it was no. done. I, I, I How did I forget that? I swear to God, she found everything and she put pieced it all together and mailed it to Howard. Well, shout me. out to the guidance counselor. Right. right. I don't even remember her name. That's, That's a damn I'm shame. Like, <laughs> I, it, it is a damn you shame. But I feel like without her, I wouldn't have been there. Right. But you don't even know her name. <laughs> I'm gonna find out now. Shout out to Alicia Keys. <laughs> It was kind of by chance, but when it happened, and they was like, "Yeah, you're accepted." That was huge. Wow! But I was like, I didn't even apply. I didn't find out. Right? <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute, how did this happen?" But that is the funniest story. Right? But but by that time, I had done a lot more research, and I was like, "Yo, I do want to go here. This is big for me. This is understood. This is giving me a chance to be around my peoples and per- and I guess get me prepared." Because even though 
life is not all black people, it still gives you to prepare to understand yourself, understand your Which history. Which is a big stigma that I think HBCUs have with people like, oh, it's not realistic. That's not the real world. That, people say that, but that's not true. That's right. not true. Particularly when you go to an academic heavy school like Howard, they preparing the hell out of you. Right. The hell out of you. Like, they're like, look, you got to be on 11. Like, you have to be ready and to go no matter like you what. you said, work twice as hard. Right. And they... The thing about being in HBCU, at least HBCUs that I know of, that they promote blackness and understanding your blackness and being proud about that. At the same time, like we already know that's not how the world is. You have to be, you know, you have to be ready and willing. So I think that that stigma that people have is also misdirected because they just think, oh, because y'all black and y'all partying together. That's all y'all know. No, no, no. We know what the what the struggle is. <laughs> my, my best friend, when I was at Wesleyan, she did a um, a year at Howard. Like she did an exchange. Oh, what she say? She first of all, I was so jealous. I went to go visit her all the time. I did a week at Howard Fist. was popping. Oh girl, right? Yeah, Howard was. I dope. did urban <laughs> education semester, so I taught in um, Washington Heights. Oh. I taught English and history. I thought I was going to be a teacher for a little while. Oh, <laughs> did she? Did she? Was she? Did she have a good time during she her? She loved transfer? it. But I'm gonna tell you, she said nobody used to go to class. Oh, <laughs> it depends on who she was talking to. <laughs> She's like, wait, it depends. Um, she was like, Angela, I went to this one class. The first day was 30 people. By the time I went again, it was three people. In the class. <laughs> it depends. Like you was talking about some boring ass. You know, like it, it really depends. It really depends. I will say the communication students they be getting over easy. Right. She was doing like an artsy type of program. See, they be getting, but see, the artsy type of people, those are the people that they be, you know, uh, all over the place. All over the place. But they also be, but they also be pushing for our rights. They be out there in front of the fine (laughs) arts talking about, you know, black power and all that. So it's just like, it's just so many different people. Right. And and I do, but like, even like now I'm thinking about, when I think about, I want to get my master's. Right. And I'm not going to go back down to DC. I might go to a a PWI, predominantly white, institution like mm-hmm. NYU or Columbia something right. like that so when I think about that it's just like there's also the reverse stigma as well people be like well you went to a black school and you black all this you know you blackity black but now you want to go with the white folks I'm like you no, should never no. go to any school go where you, you want to go if yeah. you can get in if your academics Period. is that good if, if your if your skills are that good and they're like yo you want you once you're a bright mind right bring me in see for me I grew up in Harlem in the hood and so being in public school, once I had a teacher that told my mom, don't keep this girl in public school. She's really bright. Like, Some public schools, she's just not lost. There. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't at the best one. <laughs> and my mom totally put me in private school. He got me in, which was a blessing. But then once I stayed in the private school system, I think my family got nervous about letting me go to an HBCU because they sort of almost felt like, no, you have to stay where the white kids are because <laughs> that's where the opportunities are. The brightest minds I've ever known in my life came from Howard or an HBCU. Right, right. yeah. Really, but you know, at that time, especially because I have parents that are immigrants, you kind of ha- like feel oh. forced to just do what they say because yes. it's like they, you know, the, the they sacrifice. She came with one shoe and ten dollars, <laughs> <laughs> so I had to like, yeah. you know, it's that it's that story. You're like, okay, mom, I'm gonna do this for you. I didn't even want to go to college to be honest. <laughs> I wanted to be like you're going to college. Yeah, right. I wanted to be in a studio like making music. My mom was like, yeah, that's cute, but no. So I went to you college, yeah, and I ended up going to Oberlin, and it was amazing. It was great, but the HBCU was definitely not an option in my family because they definitely felt like that wasn't up to par. They wanted to do the PWI. So yes. Yeah, and it is so sad, sad that. And that's that how pe- people think. Howard is actually a great, great, great. I know a lot of great people who are so smart, super crazy, like in the industry right. that went to Howard. Yeah, and even, even if you're not uh, doing strict academics, if you're just talking about art, Debbie Allen. Like, 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 like there's people who have, have had their uh, experiences in life 
situated around HBCUs. Right. And but it's all, no matter where you go, it's all about what you make it. It's all yes. about you knowing, I paid money to go here. I'm going to go to class. I'm a, and part of the reason why I like Wesleyan was because there was no core curriculum. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. You can pick your own kind of let me tell you something. That's dope. But you can't what? trust everybody with that. <laughs> you can't. I was really taking only classes that I wanted to take. Oh, see. And that's part of the reason why I really wanted to go to Wesleyan, just because I can take whatever classes I want. I could take, I took so many, I took so many like screenwriting classes, playwriting classes, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I took all the classes that I wanted to take, photography, like all that stuff. Yes. And I didn't have to take science classes and math, math classes. classes I didn't really see and I think that actually brings an important point when you are applying to college please pick a college by looking at the curriculum oh, and girl. make sure you're not yes. basing it on what your mom was. I know it's hard because our parents are so overbearing my mom was so I know but I will say looking back I wish I had gone to a school that I chose that I was did a little but more research on about. Yeah, right. that I could see how it was going to help me get yes. to where I wanted to get as opposed to just going because I was trying to shut my family up and I you did know. take a couple of classes just for the sake of trying to get a good grade to raise oh, my well, you GPA. Do that a I bit. took this South Indian music class. <laughs> what? It was called Soka Two. Oh, and all you, you had to do was clap your hands to the beat. A. I no. A. <laughs> See, these art schools is tripping me out. That's a trip. Everybody was in that class. We was all in there, like, okay, clap. <laughs> And you know what's crazy? I'm still paying off my loans. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, you I need... had a party when I finished mine. <laughs> I had a party that last payment. Man, I have, I think I have like one more year left and I'll probably be done with it. But that's another reason you have to pick a school that's going to work for you because yeah. paying off loans for 12 and years. go to class. You paying to Please go, go to class. Go to class. Go to class. Wake up at that 8 a.m. I, I learned that the tired. hard way. You got to do it. You have to. Yeah, trust us. We're old now. We, we say looking back. I ain't old. <laughs> I am. Right? <laughs> This is Tatiana King-Jones, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening to the Colorful Lives podcast. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, be sure to follow and comment. So, Tatiana, because you are a tech expert, do a lot of women reach out to you kind of to mentor them? Yeah, I get that a lot, but particularly women who want to get more information about where they can get involved in tech, whether it's on the engineering side, the coding side, whether it's from... Um, just putting together uh, groups or even initiatives to help like their community or help them and help their friends get more into the technology sphere, if you will. That's like, I'm, yeah, like it's really cool, though, because um, black people or people of color in general, they're really community oriented. So to be able to get that information from one person and pass it on and make a movement out of it is really dope. Like you see things like Kimberly Bryant, who founded Black Girl Code mm-hmm. and I love, first of all, I'm a volunteer for that uh, group. I love that group. They're all over the country right now. What do they do? What they do is they teach young girls how, literally just how to code. So they'll have weekend, um, like, sessions where they'll teach girls. They even have, like, summer sessions where it's kind of a few weeks where they'll actually teach girls how to code from the beginning to the end, like, really help them make games or make them help, help them make apps. Like, it's really, really good. And it starts at a very young age. So, like, we're talking about, like, middle school onwards. Mm -hmm. And then even younger than that, you have people like um, Kelly Williams. She's actually a Howard alum. She has Paige and Paxton, which focuses on STEM education for kids in, like, the kindergarten range, kindergarten elementary school range. So the fact that there's all of these initiatives that are pushing to kind of drive STEM and STEAM which is kind of the integration of art in technology, I think is amazing. It makes me really excited to know that there are these ways for you to get involved. And I know a lot of people don't realize that or they say, oh, well, we're not involved enough. No, we're out there. We're going hard with it. Seriously. Do you feel like traditionally, like when you were in school, 
that you weren't targeted as a female to do certain things. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I don't even remember tech program. Or I mean, I'm sure they were there, but right. I don't remember being exposed to it as an option. That obviously could be my fault, too, for not doing the research. But if you're not aware of, like, career options sometimes you might not even know what to be looking yeah. for a bit to your like like to a degree there weren't really any at least at least outstanding programs or programs where it is now where you can go on twitter or facebook or whatever and have direct access to these things like back in the day it wasn't these snapchats and all this but stuff. i will say this somehow my brother yes is like this huge tech expert really and we went to the same school like we both went to poly prep in brooklyn we went to all the same schools and he went to brown yes but his our whole life growing up that's what he was really into i don't even know where that came from i just know it was never my thing but that was always his thing right well in the particularly in the past they have always encouraged boys as you know from a stereotypical standpoint Engineering, for instance, has always been a male-dominated industry. Coding has been a male-dominated industry. And that comes from the beginning of, like I said, back in the day, the way things were focused, whether you were a boy or a girl, but then also the way that the pipeline works as well, them targeting men or getting more men involved in the sciences and things like that. And people of color. And people of color. And that's why you have things like now where you look at the tech industry and it's very little people of color. Like if you look at places like Twitter, it's like 1% or less than. Or Facebook. Right. Or Google. Uh, Their workforce are even people of color. It's not to say that people of color don't code. If you go to any of the schools, any of the schools that we went to, I'm sure that, or the schools that do engineering programs, that there are plenty of people in there. But it's just, are these companies reaching out to them? Do you feel like mm-hmm. it's intimidating to try to apply to a company like that? Yeah, this, it's intimidating when you don't necessarily have the support network behind you or you don't, um, you're not really sure of how to even go about it. That's part of the thing. Like People think like you have to be just completely technical and you learn nothing else. No, you have to be technical, but you also have to learn business skills. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nowadays, we have programs like that where you can learn the business side of it and the engineering side of it together in the past you had stuff where it was straight up engineering but then you had no social skills right so then you don't know how to network and get all <laughs> that done but now you have that ability and now they're starting to really be, make a point to bring more women and young women into technology see the most i knew about coding was when we had myspace right <laughs> Oh, like, like putting the. And you would code, like, yeah. your little comment box. And yeah. You felt so fly for knowing yeah, how to I designed do it. my own page. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, people make you have the little, t- little out range to Squarespace. Drop. It makes it so easy. <laughs> yes. People make fun of it, but like, and it was like a lot of copy paste, but technically that, was, that coding. was coding. That really was because. I know how to embed a post. See? Thank but, you. Because <laughs> at least. As long as you learn the, the base understanding of how to, for instance, make a web page the color of red, then you can learn, okay, well, I, if I insert another word in there or right. change this letter around, it'll look this way. Because shout out to WordPress because, you know, I, <laughs> so certain things is like you have to learn how to do it. But yes. I really feel like we need to delve deeper into it because it would be great to know how to do these things ourselves. Absolutely. Right. Especially because we all have brands mm-hmm. and it's nice to, to be self-sufficient in certain areas. Even for you, yes. Fran, I love how you learned how to edit your videos right. for YouTube. Right. You know? And, and that was helpful for me because... Even though, obviously, I would love to have an editor that does this as a craft because they can do things that I probably would never be able to. But it was nice to be self-sufficient while I got to the point where I could even have yes. an editor. So that's and it's great, if you're, especially helps. if you're very um, 
controlling over your own oh, Lord. brand. Yes. So you know what you want. <laughs> right. So you're like, and you okay, can do let me it. take this. Oh, I don't like how I look here. Let That's me. right. That's right. a two-sided coin, though, because it's great because you have the power, but then it's just like, if you're a perfectionist, you always sitting there like, oh, it's not ready yet. I got to fix this. Literally. Or, oh, I don't know. So you be there all day. So it's like, how do you take a step back from that? It also gives you anxiety when you do work with other people because then yes. you be obsessing over angles like, wait, you I see how, how I do mine? That. Yes, yes. That's actually literally what I yell at people. Well, you see how I did it. How come you can't do that too? Right. Uh, but, you know, one one of the things that I wanted to make a point of is that part of the reason why, another big part of the reason why you don't see or you, you have such a slow build of people of color into technology is also because you don't, you're not necessarily seeing that. Like a lot of the times when it comes to young kids and even older people, if you don't see that, you have to see an example to know that, hey, that's available for you. Right. Um, that's what I was saying about not right. even thinking to go into college. Right looking for that because it's just not something right it's just not something you see on a regular basis like if you don't see a lot of black actresses on screen you're not as a kid anyway you're not sure that's even possible for you Mm -hmm. same deal with technology there's our groups like women of color women of of color in tech big group shouts out to my girl christina murillo that group does a lot to actually show visually that they're women of color tech. Recently, we did a photo shoot where we created a bunch, like hundreds of stock images of different, like, and these are stock images. So things like typing on a computer, going into a server room, very simple stuff that gets disseminated to places like Google Images and things like that. So when you type in stuff like... And all the blogs. Right. The images, exactly. Yeah. So when you when you type in something or maybe a, a tech uh, a tech crunch types in black woman computer, you actually have choices. Right. So, and I think that's so important to see that. Like you already see the stuff happening now when they say if you type in three Asian people into did Google. See, did you see that? I saw on Twitter this week, someone was like, if you type... Not even. Yeah, funny. if you type three if you black type kids, a group of black kids, yes. it'll show mug shots. But if you type like the group word of white kids, it'll literally show a group of yeah. white kids. That's yeah, crazy. And and it's not Google. It's not. First of all, Google is not a person. It's not Google doing this themselves. It's not them being racist. It's the algorithm. It's, the, it's an algorithm, but it's pulling based on what's being shown in the media. It's pulling right. it. It's building these libraries based on what's out there. So the only way to combat it is to put more stuff out there. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Since we're talking about googling things, right? Now, say there's some things on Google that you don't like. That's unflattering. I was reading about Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses, right? Mm-hmm. He wants to get rid of these unflattering images of him when he was fat. He's such a diva. Oh, wow. He's, really? Yes, he's very and serious. And you can do that? Can you get rid of things okay. or push them down? How does somebody do that when they Google your name if you don't want these negative things to come up first? Because right. that's what always happens. Right. Is there a way that you can really do that? Well, it's kind of weird with that because if there's something that is actually dangerous against you, there are avenues that you can take to contact Google. Like, they have forms and things you can contact them to tell them, hey, this is either dangerous for my personal well-being, my family, my livelihood, whatever. Unflattering pictures, I I mean, it happens. Like, (laughs) I'm not going to say that there is 100% a way to do it, but as far as unflattering pictures, there have been reports of, of just powerful celebrities basically going to these places. Like, could you do something to push down the thing? Now, in reality, I can't tell you that that's happening, but... Like, the average person, can you contact Google and be like... No. Listen, I was in a Girls Gone Wild tape back in 2008. <laughs> no. And it circulated. <laughs> no, you're just, you're just, you're just. Link. And see, that goes back to what we were saying before. Remember that you're on the internet and the internet is forever. Like diamonds, the internet is forever. Once you put something out there, for the most part, you can't get it off of there. It comes, it well, ends up What if it's not you? Everywhere. If it's like people Someone saying stuff. Yeah. There are, like I said, there are 
avenues. Like, for instance, on harassment. Facebook. Right. For on Facebook, if someone tags you in a picture and you either don't like it or you think it's harassment or anything, there are tools that will, like, there's literally a form that you go through that says, I don't like this picture. Then it gives you options of why you don't like the picture. You could say it's unflattering. You can say it's harmful. You can say it's, it's harassment. Harmful. Like, like literally, there's different levels and you can tell them. Sometimes it's not that helpful because by the time you get to the question, the questionnaire, it says, go ask the person to take it down. And it's just like, if I could have just did that, if I could have just did that, right. But there's, but, but, but there, again, this is something that tech companies have to work on because especially spaces like Twitter, where you have people just Twitter, Instagram, people leave like nasty, saying nasty things and, and comments. And you're like, okay, I need to get this removed. And you can't stop that. That's, that's general public. But when it comes to like people stalking or people doing stuff like, like releasing your personal information, that's called doxing. Releasing your address, releasing your phone don't number. Don't be doxing me. Don't 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 be doxing me. Number one, but number two, <laughs> called doxing. Number two, Learn these tech companies that. have I'm to start using it. Right? Don't dox me. No, don't. These tech companies have to give you the uh, tools to be able to stop this from happening, and and it's kind of not as strong as it should be right now. I mean, I've seen, I've had peers on YouTube that um, were able to not allow certain forums like um, rumor sites and stuff to use their name so they yeah. have to like use a nickname which helps i think because then people don't know who it is you're talking about yeah so that's the most i've seen done as far as like protecting your brand from negativity yeah. with tech yeah i mean even from an individual level and a brand level people get bullied too oh of like, course that's still i've seen that thing. a lot yeah that's a huge thing and that's why i say that i think it's it's very uh, important that these companies really give us the tools to address these stuff and then then not just address it but do something about it what do you think about people losing their job for things that they say like bullying people on instagram and twitter because we've been seeing that happening a whole lot more lately i think depending on the severity that's their fault depending on the severity like if you're just walking around saying somebody's ugly whatever like get a thick you know whatever i don't care but if you're sitting there like really bringing somebody down or saying stuff like like libel, basically, race. like yeah. false. Super you saw the whole Steph Curry situation. Yes, like what happened? Um, it was somebody was online and they tweeted Steph Curry's sister. She had put up wheels up or something like we're on our way to Cleveland, and I guess it was a Cleveland Cavaliers fan. Uh-oh. And they said something about Riley. Mm. They called her a very derogatory term, right? And so she said that is you know whatever she said. But anyway, he ended up getting fired from his job. He was like a realtor. He worked at a broke. He worked at a realty uh, brokerage, whatever. Right, so. right. I mean, wow. to me, that's sev- that is severe. And some people say, "Well, this is because they're a celebrity." No, one, you probably did that at work. You weren't supposed to be on tweeting or Facebooking at work, wherever you were doing that at. Two, you are on a public forum. This is the internet. People don't realize people can find you just because you hide yourself behind a little alias. Yeah, I'm always handle, amazed at it the matter. way that people find I, these people. I could find. I could, all their information. I, I promise you I could find personal information on all besides the stuff that you guys already have out there that mm-hmm. I could find on all three of you that you would never know that I could find. It's not find. true. Really? <laughs> she said it's not true. But, but <laughs> That's hilarious. No, but like not necessarily lies but, but things like things like where you live or used to live or people can extrapolate so much information it's from the internet. Not. Like, really? It's not true. It's not true. No, seriously. People can extrapolate so much from the internet. All people got to know. It and it's scary. Cause it's yeah. like, wow, dude, how did you find that out? All people but gotta no, know he got fired from it. And he still was going after that. He got fired. And then after that, he was like, I'll find another job in a minute. I don't then care. Find another job. We're in a new age. Don't. Don't take it upon yourself to be rude like that. It's particularly, especially the celebrities, because you know the rest of the internet's going to blow you up. And it's not even celebrities at this point. Right. Because I'll see people say 
you know, crazy things about race or sexuality and right. they'll be fired within a we're, day. We're in a point. world where the internet is your microphone. So if you're going to use that microphone, best believe someone else is going to use that microphone right. to push you out the paint. Because and it's a thing too now. People actually enjoy retweeting slander See? to get it. You know. Or what about people that go on Facebook? Like, I took off from work today. I called out sick, but I'm really at the beach. <laughs> well, first of all, never, you're never if you do that. You are a damn fool. Enjoy if you your do day that. off. You're fired. <laughs> you are. I've actually seen that happen before. Yes. People lying, saying they, they, you know, oh, we took off. Why would, why you, would, you? Why would you post that? <laughs> I went to the formation even concert. You, <laughs> even if you think it's private, people can very easily share a screenshot, stuff like that. Especially like, if your face is in the There's no picture, real control. Right? when you. That's, a, that's a why, I, why I think we talked about it before. When it's like, do you are you very controlling about what you say online? To yes. a degree, you, you kind of have to be. Now, I have a question. Now that it's the digital age, so obviously kids coming up, they are going to have to be more digital than probably we were or we have to be at this point. What do you think about kids in schools with the iPads and like being in front of a computer pretty much the entire day and then even their homework? Like, do you think that makes sense? Is it healthy? I think it's more convenient because think about it. Now these kids, if you can have that, you don't have to buy textbooks anymore. You know, it's just more convenient, like, to be able to send it in. I wish I would have had that. Yeah. Yeah? I do. I'm torn. Because look at how much better kids are at doing things online than we are. That's so true. I don't even I've know how to Snapchat properly. My two- <laughs> And there are, like, five-year-olds that are doing all kinds of my things. My two-year-old. garlands on there. Yes, my two-year-old <laughs> godson knows how to get to Netflix. Snapchat filter. And he'll pick movies <laughs> and go straight to his cartoon. And I'm just watching him, like, how did he know to but go? You say, you say you was torn, though. I'm torn because, and obviously this is the old school. We're old school. In me, that's like, but well, what about their penmanship? To, you need to learn how to write. You need to learn how to do. But long then again, division. when do you write? <laughs> true, but you know, I, I, I it's think true. Like it should go both ways. Books. So. I love books. Like mm. the excitement of a new book. Remember Scholastic well, there's still Book still new Club books when on you- the iPad. It's not paper. You know, it's not a. Physical I still copy. enjoy. I I still always get a book and get an actual book. Right. I do. Like I want to read. I don't actually ever read off of an iPad or anything. I always get the book. I, enjoy I have that. to. I like I the love feel the of that. Smell when you finish it, getting through the pages. I don't want to like, sit on a toilet feel- with an iPad. <laughs> you feel accomplished <laughs> though, right? Right. See, what if, like, you're reading something like, like, <laughs> what if you're reading something like Steve Jobs' biography, which is this huge hardcover thing? You are gonna sit there on the toilet with yeah, your right. book? Listen, when you read That's a book the on the toilet, you really get to relax. <laughs> You truly tune the world out. That's hilarious. Uh, on the iPad, I'm going to be on apps and getting yeah. distracted. Things popping up. You know, yeah. you'll never get through that page. I think it should. I think there has to be a balance. Like, we're just in the new world now where this is yeah, the norm. Yeah, that's the part I have to get And for the kids, it they kind of have to know that. They have to. Like, we are in a place where we're in a stage of, of I don't know, history where you have to learn how to code. Period. You think it's easier to cheat like that, though? Because imagine if, you know, before we used to, have to write in our arm. Yes. And go to the bathroom. Wow. Like, I mean, look at my arm. Right? <laughs> well, people, people Google it. Listen, it went from writing on arms to writing secret notes to writing notes on your TI-83 calculator to uh, notice how right. it just keeps going up. And I see you hold laughing because you heard that. You are a cheater, Tatiana. <laughs> I didn't do all that. Listen. <laughs> listen. How else you used to cheat? I know. Listen, that's how you learn how to code sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you're trying to help out your sister, your brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> listen, but, but like, like I said, we just live in a new world where you have to have that technology in front of you now towards your point 
You should still learn how to write. How to spell and how to actually write words out. You need to learn how to spell. I-M-Y. Because I don't see these kids with no pencils. L-M-K. An emoji is not an English word. And that's the problem. Like people, like kids are coming up thinking emojis are language, which in theory, sure. But in practice, Mm -hmm. in in business practice, let me say that. In business practice, no. You have to learn how to write a check. Is it never appropriate to use an emoji in business? You know what? That's such a funny question. (laughs) Depends on what business you're in. When I'm responding to an email from my phone, I always want to put like a heart. (laughs) To everybody? No, like certain people that I like. (laughs) You love everyone. You know how you do business with some people that you really genuinely like? And I always have to stop myself. Like, Fran, this is, oh you're not texting. God. Did we get a heart from Fran? <laughs> no, we did not. So I'm a little a concerned now. Yeah, hilarious. It was from my computer. <laughs> um, should you use emojis in business, depending on the business Probably you're not, in? Right? Most likely not. But like I said, then again, these kids are coming up in a world where they're making their own business. They're making their own rules. Like, if you are in... I don't know, marketing, for instance, social media marketing. That's the language of social media, so emojis. Crazy. But if you're, for instance, in finance, you don't use the little, like, money with the wings on the end. Like, <laughs> oh, no. That's not... That's never a good sign. That's not a good sign because it shows... Because what all it this shows you... Send me a bag of money. I need a Right, the bag money of money bag. emoji or the emoji with the face with the money signs for yes, the eyes. The little like, Napoli-looking guy. All that shows me is that you don't understand how to switch. And I'm not talking about code switching, but I'm just talking about you don't understand the the un, of how to speak in different uh, settings. Right, You right. can't you you can use emojis s- for your friend and your family. Don't use that emoji with your boss, you know, <laughs> working at some Is high Is it weird for place. men to use emojis? No, I think it's, I think it's fine. Because some people say that men shouldn't really use emojis. Like Who say that? that? I've actually heard that a lot. Really? Especially have what? Heard in their captions, like on Instagram, when they use hella emojis, it, I've you know, heard yeah. people be like, it takes away from... Their the manliness. <laughs> because they're using emojis. You can use an emoji with your girlfriend, but anybody else, might, it might be misinterpreted. And it, it's like, oh, uh, that too. I've, but we're not I just see that. talking about hearts. We're talking about like all the emoji, right? So like, what about if it's emoji where it's like the punch or if it's emoji like the, the stop or the gun? Or like the, the pile knife. of doo-doo. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> right. Or stuff like that. I don't understand what's the problem. I don't, no, the I don't have a problem that. with many You know what I have a problem with? People who do too many hashtags. Oh I my hate God. when people put More like hashtags 30 captions. hashtags that make no sense. Hashtag. make no sense. Right. It's hashtag, true. hey friend, hey. Hashtag Tatiana. Hashtag podcast. Hashtag we getting it. Hashtag women. Yes. Hashtag let's go. Yes. Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. Hashtag studio flow. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I hate when people hashtag everything when they could just write out, hey, we in here working. Hashtag we. Hashtag in here. <laughs> hashtag working. Stop. Yes, people take it too far. And you, don't stop. Be, and you don't realize how addicted you are to emojis until you don't have them in. Like yes. when I got my, I had to get a new phone because my other one brick and when I I didn't have the emojis set up yet and I felt like I couldn't communicate like I was like you don't know know what I'm talking about (laughs) oh my god the extent of my you know how you can look at your phone and see what's the the most popular emojis that you use yes hold on let me see what mine are do that to your boyfriend too check his most oh that's how you know ain't send me no heart face (laughs) I know I know one of mine's is the 100 emoji you use 100 who'd you send a a diamond to Let me see. Okay, I my, use one hundred. My most po- I use the heart a lot. Apparently, I do. Too. I also use like the shock face with the red cheeks, where they look. Mine shocked, is like- the <laughs> oh the the, the the embarrassed face. <laughs> so what's your okay? So my my is- most used definitely the eyes with the plant on, but that's like a combo emoji. The combo emoji. So a hundred is mine. The fire flames, you know, the little flame. 
Um, apparently, lemon has been very strong. Oh, this you month. use yes. the lemon a lot. <laughs> oh, girl, who did you dirty? Right. <laughs> Um, but oh. your man at Tatiana with your husband. Oh, no, no, no. Let me find out he with Becky with the good. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's How are you going to be listening like, oh, my God, though? Uh, the side eye emoji. The... I use that a lot, too. That one's my favorite. Now, randomly, I use the upside down emoji with the smile that's upside yes. down. I don't know why I that use that. That one's always shady, though. It's always when you're being be shady. shady. <laughs> but it's supposed to be. Or, like, when you're like, well, I guess this is the way it is. Upside down, happy face. You know, like, when things shouldn't be the way they should be. They are. But right. I use the use eye it. rolling emoji, like, where they're looking up, like, yes. rolling your eyes. I use that all the time. <laughs> yes. Well, there we go. (laughs) Before our limited series comes to an end, we want to help give you the advice and tools that you need to take your career, relationship, and life to the next level. You can call or text us at 646-8-LIVES-3. That's 646-854-8373. And your question may actually be used in a future Colorful Lives episode. You can also tweet us your question using the hashtag LiveColorful. That's full with two L's. No questions too small and no topics too big for us to tackle. Just make sure you get your questions to us quick. If you love what we're saying or you want more information, you can always follow us on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm at Angela Yee. I'm at Hey Friend Hey. And I'm at Tatiana King. Colorful Lives is a Loudspeakers Network production. The show is produced by Matt Raz, executive produced by Chris Morrow, and edited by Dwayne Crawford. 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 Crawford.